Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I've got Scott Taylor, president and COO of Walk-Ons Bistro and Bar, a leading full-service family sports bar that provides gourmet takes on game day favorites. The brand has gained a loyal following for employing the go-getter spirit of a walk-on athlete while providing superior service and mouth-watering all-American menu items with a taste of Louisiana. Today, with over 100 locations in development across 15 states, the brand will continue focused development as it is on track to double its size in 2019. Taylor is an exceptional leader with over 25 years senior management experience with a proven track record of improving store-level execution and profitability through training of operating systems and standards. He has performed in key roles, including multi-unit full-service restaurant operations, franchising company-owned, training, recruiting, real estate, construction, menu and concept development, and franchise sales. Hope you enjoy this interview uh, with Scott. He certainly brings a lot of experience uh, to the table, and we talk about um, how Walk-Ons continues to differentiate itself in a relatively uh, crowded field. Um, and we talk a little bit about this fellow named Drew Brees and his involvement with the Walk-Ons Bistro and Bar. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this interview with Scott Taylor. Hi, Scott. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, sometimes, as we mentioned off air, the third time's a charm. We've had a couple <laughs> false starts here, uh, mostly due to technology. But, you know, that happens from time to time. Yeah, it does. <laughs> technology is so ever-changing. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on. Um, obviously, you're the president and CEO of Walk-Ons Bistro and Bar, um, a pretty fast-growing franchise. And I know you have a lot of experience in franchising even prior to Walk-Ons. So before we kind of get into the the meat and potatoes of Walk-Ons Bistro, why don't you take a minute and tell a little bit, of, a little bit about your history in the franchise space? Sure. So uh, prior to walk-ons, uh, uh, my family and I lived in Tampa and I worked with Family Sports Concepts. We were the franchisor for Beef O'Brady's Family Sports Pubs. And uh, it's a great, it is a great brand that uh, actually has some similarities in the fact that it's a family-oriented uh, sports bar environment, much smaller footprint. Um, but uh, uh, my partners and I, had, or they, they had actually acquired the brand from the founder uh, prior with about 30 locations. When I joined, we had close to 60. And um, at that point, we really uh, spent a lot of time just developing more systems, process, you know, everything that you need to you know, be successful in, in franchising your restaurants and, and grew very rapidly. Uh, we, we opened, I think, 51 in one year was our biggest year. Uh, and then we uh, sold the brand to private equity with 276 locations. Wow. So what was that like opening 51 in one year? So it was fun. Actually, our uh, 
CEO had given a challenge to the training team that if they could open 50, they would let him or they would let the team shave his head. And he had a big <laughs> full head of black hair and the, and the team was pretty inspired to to meet that challenge. So, uh, you know, in January of the year after they opened 51, um, they each took a swat and shaving off part of his head. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, uh, That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I want to talk, obviously we're going to spend the bulk of this interview talking about walk-ons, but I think it's interesting and I'd love for you to spend another minute or two. You know, we hear a lot in the franchise world about companies that build up and then they sell out to private equity. And I think people have varying degrees of what that means to them. Uh, to the extent you can talk about it, what was that like selling out to private equity? And, you know, did that change? I mean, I know it it changed things, but, you know, to the extent you can speak about it, you know, what kinds of changes did you see once that happened? So, you know, some of the some of the positive changes were we had a new financial partner um, that actually, because we kept some ownership in it, um, wasn't a complete uh, sale in the beginning. And uh, so we had a new partner that brought a different level of financial discipline. I think there was uh, uh, some great uh, business planning sessions, things like that, that we've worked through with our new partner. Um, you know, the, one of the challenges is, you know, sustaining this type of growth. And, uh, you know, I, I look back and say, man, that team did 51 restaurants one year, and it was an amazing challenge and feat. Can I believe that every one of those openings was of the quality we probably wanted them to be? Probably not because, you know, they didn't go 51 over 51 weeks. You had five in one week and nothing for a couple of weeks. And and so, you know, one of the challenges is that, you know, when you, when you do those types of numbers, then you have private equity involved. They, you know, of course, they want to see that sustained growth and and uh, that can be good and bad. But um, there was a, there was a lot of pros. Like I said, just the relationship, understanding different different perspective and financial uh, discipline was good. Well, and I imagine just having gone through the experience, right? And, you know, you, you go through that experience, you build it up, you go through a sale. I mean, that's a whole lot of real practical business experience that I imagine, you know, you took with you to Walk-On's Bistro. But did you take any time off between the two or did you go right into Walk-On's? So I took a week. <laughs> I was going to take a little longer and uh, one week, you know, a week's vacation is different. A week not having a job and uh, knowing that you planned it that way. Um, I, I, I was crazy after about day three. So you, you probably didn't know what to do with yourself. You're like, I Wait didn't a know what to do. I, I was riding my bike twice a day. I'm like, I don't even really like riding this bike. I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> so, uh, it, it was fortunate for me. Uh, I had a friend who was consulting with, uh, Jack and Brandon who were the founders of walk-ons. And, uh, she called me on a Saturday, said, Hey, can you uh, fly to Baton Rouge? I need some help uh, putting some systems together for this cool brand. And at the time, there was walk ons. There was also uh, the company owned pizzerias called Schlitz and Giggles. We had uh, Irish pubs. We had a nightclub. We had catering companies. And so it was a lot of interesting things going on. So, so I said, Sure. You know, I flew up here that Monday and got to meet the guys and did some work at the pizzeria and, and then got introduced to walk ons and, and uh, honestly just kind of hit it off. Uh, with Jack and Brandon early on. So what's the story behind walk-ons? So Jack Warner, Brandon Landry uh, were two walk-ons on the LSU basketball team. So they, uh, you know, had uh, had this dream. Both of them had a dream of playing for LSU, you know, as they grew up. I think Jack came to camps at LSU every year. Brandon uh, lived here in Baton Rouge and, you know, just kind of uh, both had that dream. So they got the opportunity to make the team, but they made the team as walk-ons, which meant they were on the practice squad. So 
you know, they traveled with the team, they practiced against the starters, and they had limited, you know, time to play during the regular season. But, you know, uh, being that they had some of that extra time, you know, uh, sitting on the bench, they uh, always talked about what would we do, you know, uh, to get into business together, because I don't think either one of us is going to make it the NBA. So uh, they they uh, came up with this concept of walk-ons, you know, shout out to them as, you know, a walk-on, you know, walk-ons on the team, but really felt that Baton Rouge at the time had a need for, you know, a sports bar that had great, you know, South Louisiana food that was near LSU, you know, near the campus. And so they, they came up with the concept, actually did it as a school project, sent it in and got a C on it, um, <laughs> which we like to tease them about that. But I, it wasn't the concept. I think they just didn't have all of the details, you know, put together for a real business plan, which which they later did. Well, it's kind of hard to do when you're in the conceptual phase, you know, you're yeah. not living breathing it yeah exactly so you know but they uh they worked hard they uh they weren't restaurant guys but they made a point to start working in restaurants to try to figure out as much as they could and and uh you know they they sketched the uh the concept on a napkin on the way back from a road game and we as well like to tease them when we look at that napkin they forgot to draw the kitchen and i think that was part of their uh, initial challenges where the the atmosphere was great they knew how to throw a party but the food wasn't so good at the beginning. What year was this? So they opened in 2003. And, okay. uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the, lo- the location for the original walk-on shares a property line with LSU. So you really can't get much closer to Tiger Stadium and to, you know, Alex Box Stadium where the baseball team plays. It's all within walking distance. So the location, you know, carried them, I think, in the first years, you know, as they were working to figure things out. And, and they did figure them out over time. And uh, I think – I know when I met them in 2010 and I was immediately struck with, you know, two guys that were founders uh, and founders, not always the easiest people to work with. And, but these two were like, man, we just want to, we just want to get better. You know, if you can help us get better, we, we'd love for you to be here. Uh, very humble, very uh, uh, insightful of, as to where they were in the business. And like bring that hustle mentality that like a walk on would have. I mean, isn't that part of that? That's kind of part of the the story too, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the big part of our culture is that walk on mentality. You know, it's team before self and, you know, knowing your place on the team and and uh, really kind of playing with humility, you know, and that uh, you're, you're told you're not good enough, but you're you're going to prove them wrong and you're going to work hard. And I think they had that fight uh, early on that, you know, got them through the, the tough times and you know some probably really rough shifts when they first opened up. But um they, they, they mustered through and, and, you know, here we are almost 16 years later and the brand has got 28 locations and you know, close to 145 franchise commitments in the pipeline. Well, I love that story that when they mapped it out on the napkin, there was no kitchen, kitchen included. I mean, that paints the perfect picture. Uh, I also think with smartphones now, I wonder if anybody actually maps anything out on napkins anymore. I don't know if they do that. but <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I still find myself all doodle on paper, just an idea, things like that, where, yeah, you've got your your iPads, your tablets, different things that you can use that technology for. But sometimes just a pad Just paper, a good old napkin is all you need. Yeah, good old napkin, exactly. So tell me about, you mentioned it a little bit, and I imagine, I mean, all all businesses, anybody who tells me or tries to tell someone that they started up a business and had success growing it without there being challenges is just full of it. You know, I mean, there's just no possible way. I don't care what business it is. You're always going to have challenges. And you alluded to it that at the start, you know, they had to work through some of those challenges. What was that like for them, especially coming into something where they had the passion, they had sort of the 
conceptual idea of what they wanted to do, but you know, they, they had to make up for the fact that they had no restaurant experience. And so right. what was, what was that like for them? So, you know, as the stories are told and I've, you know, I've heard and listening to, you know, Brandon and, and Jack in those early days here, when I got here in 2010, um, yeah, they just, they, <laughs> they would say they had a pocket full of gift cards, uh, each amount of pocket full of gift cards. They would just visit every table. I'm like, we're so sorry, please give us another chance. I know we messed up your lunch yesterday <laughs> and last week, but please, we're trying really hard. And they just endeared themselves where, um, it kind of created this, this following of customers that, like, I don't know why I keep going there because they keep messing up my order, but I just like these guys. I think that, you know, they're going to get it one day. And and so they created some loyalty. And I think that's one of the things that we teach, you know, new operators, our managers, so forth coming in that, you know, be engaged, be out there, talk to people, own it. If you make a mistake, I mean, just own it. And, and if you endear yourself the right way, people really, really will give you another chance to make it right. And you can really make it right. It was so true. I mean, you know, in this day, you know, first of all, restaurants are so hard in general, but I think having that kind of humility where you say, look, I screwed up. It's on us. No, no big deal. So many places do the opposite of that. They sort of get defensive. Oh, I didn't screw this up. You ordered that wrong or, you know, this, that, and the other. And that will drive people away, even if the food's excellent. But if the food or the experience is a little bit off, people will absolutely give you a second, third, and fourth chance if they like you. Exactly. You almost want everybody to have a little something happen during their experience that you have the opportunity to get in or get in there and really fix the right way. Um, and, and it's almost more memorable, you know, it's like if you just mess up everybody's experience, but do it the right way. So you're, uh, because you really can't endear yourself and, pe- and you can build incredible loyalty when you, when you do own it and fix it the right way. Well, I have this theory that, and, and and I believe it's true, and and but the theory is is that when you're running a restaurant, obviously it depends on which sector you're in, but you don't have to have the best food ever. You just have to have food that's good enough. And what I mean by that is, I don't think people strive to have good enough. But when I'll ask people, hey, what's the what's which the the best hamburger you've ever had? Okay, when I ask people that, never do they say McDonald's. Not because it's a bad hamburger, but because they've had better, you know, at a local place or something like that. But if you look at what's the most profitable fast food hamburger place, McDonald's is right up there. So there's not necessarily a direct correlation with having the best and being the most profitable. So much of it is the system, the experience. What are people experiencing when they go there day in and day out? Is it consistent? And so you can have food that's good enough. And if you have a great experience, you can do really, really well. Do you agree with that? Oh, a hundred percent. And and I think that's the key, uh, you know, for every business. And especially if you're going to franchise the business, you've got to have systems and processes to ensure consistency hundred um, percent because it's, uh, it's the worst thing you can do is kind of spin it out there. And, and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of uh, franchisees out there with their own version of your brand uh, and next thing you know, you've just kind of shot yourself in the foot. So that, that's one of the things early on when we decided to franchise, um, you know, that we really wanted to build out the walk-ons way. We call it the wow. But for everything we do, you know, from recipes to how we open a restaurant to how we maintain the facility to how we train to every possible thing you could do. So there'd be no question or no uh, area left open for interpretation with a franchise partner. So when they came in, they knew exactly what to do and they could do it the same way we had done it and hopefully achieve the same levels of success. 
So did you come in at, at the president level or, or what was your position when you came in? I did. So I, I joined them. I actually worked as a consultant for several months. Um, uh, I really wasn't sure I wanted to move from Tampa to Baton Rouge. It wasn't on my top 50 of places I thought I'd ever live. <laughs> Going to University of Florida, they're not really uh, super friendly to Gators uh, when we get here. So, <laughs> but exactly. I, you know, I quickly fell in love with the town and, and really with Jack and Brandon, just good guys to work with. So, uh, you know, after about six months or so, I decided to make the move uh, up here and then assume that position as president. Well, and so when you came into it, given your experience, what did you see and what were some of the things that you tried to do at the outset when you came in? Obviously, you had you came from a different background. You came from direct experience in this field and with these types of restaurants. What were some of the things that initially you were looking at that were giving you the metrics, were giving you the data to say, okay, we, we, we may need to tweak this, we may need to tweak that? Yeah. So it, uh, you know, the, the food journey had, had started, um, but there was still a ways to go. So, you know, early on the food, um, getting it right, getting it consistent. And, and really a lot of it was just take a look at the ingredients we were using. And, uh, you know, in 2011, we opened two locations, one in Lafayette, one in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, the, the walk-ons, the two existing stores that were in Baton Rouge at the time, had really never been known as great restaurants. There were fun places, but the food, you know, somewhat from the early years, they just kind of had this reputation. So uh, when we're going to Lafayette, which is, you know, known as a, as a foodie town and New Orleans for sure as a foodie town, we better, you know, we really figured we had to amp up our game. So we, we first took a look at that menu, the products. And so, you know, we opened at Lafayette with a completely different menu than we had in Baton Rouge, different products, um, and, and hit it out of the park. I mean, it was it was a busy, tough opening, but we were about the best new restaurant in Lafayette and Walk-Ons had never well, that's awesome. won a food award, you know. And then same thing in New Orleans, but the best new restaurant in New Orleans. So these were things that, like, man, you know, if we can really get the food right, we've got something here. And so, you know, went you know went back, backfilled um, the Baton Rouge locations on that new food mentality. Um, we actually had a a fun story where. Uh, we just took examples of bad food, um, you know, just not caring and, and had a manager meeting and dug a grave site behind our original location and buried all of our bad <laughs> habits and with the tombstone. It's still there today. You know, it's just kind of a reminder that, uh, you know, we were never going to go back to those ways. And, you know, that I think that really helped us in 2012 when we were voted best new sport or excuse me, best sports bar in America by ESPN. Uh, when they came through with that award, it was all about our food. Something we were never known for is the reason we were able to, you know, achieve that award. So it's pretty cool. So there's this guy Drew Brees that you know is, is anything but a walk on. I mean, maybe he was at a certain point in his life, but I don't think at Purdue he was a walk on. Or um, I could be wrong there. But t- tell me about him and his involvement with walk ons. So yeah, so Drew definitely considers himself a walk-on. Though he was a scholarship guy at Purdue, but you know, grow up and growing up in Texas in the shadows of you know Texas Longhorn Stadium there in Austin, uh, he wasn't recruited by any of the Texas schools, and uh, so he he went off to Purdue, and and I'm sure some of those schools second thought <laughs> not recruiting it, but uh, he did some amazing things at Purdue. But you know, on to San Diego where you know he hurts his. Uh, throwing arm and, and, uh, you know, nobody, nobody wants Drew Brees at that point. And then, uh, you know, lo and behold, New Orleans, you know, fresh out from under the floods of Hurricane Katrina says, Hey, we want you. Um, so, you know, Drew, Drew is a, 
an amazing individual. Um, absolutely. And a super smart businessman, obviously a great athlete. Everybody sees him on the field. He's amazing, but businessman, great guy, family guy. So, you know, we got to know Drew as a customer in New Orleans. He'd uh, been in several times. He takes his offensive line out for dinner, which probably makes sense if you're the quarterback. Smart, um, right? You know, That's with, smart. Yeah, very smart. And uh, so we got to know him as a customer. And so he reached out. Uh, actually, his agent called Brandon, uh, you know, one of the founders uh, one day. I said, hey, you know, uh, uh, Drew Brees, I'd like to talk to you about uh, walk-ons, you know, and, and what you guys are doing. And Brandon just totally taken back. Does he want to book a party? What's he <laughs> What's he wanting to do? But, uh, you know, within about five minutes, he, he clicks in uh, and Drew Brees is talking to Brandon. You know, Brandon's like, hey, Drew, you know, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, quarterback's giving us a call. But he, he just wanted to know if there was an opportunity for him to get involved and to buy into our company. And so, you know, after about seven, eight months of working all that out, Drew bought in and he's a 25% owner of Walk-Ons Enterprises. Well, that's great. And it's funny because, you know, obviously in the world, I'm in and, and you're in, but you know, on the, for, for me on the franchise legal side, you know, it, it's funny that a- athlete, there's a ton of athletes that, that, that love franchising and love real estate. And I think they look at those as two really good opportunities for either during their career, you know, as Drew Brees has done, or as they get to the tail end of their career to think about things that they're going to do after their sports careers. And because most of these, you know, sports careers and, and the athletes are, at a young age and they have a whole life ahead of them and um, they've got resources. Now they want to put those resources um, to good use. So th- that's a really fascinating story about Drew. And, and you know, what's great about Drew is he's a franchisee as well. So with uh, he was a franchisee at Jimmy John's when we first spoke to him about, you know, wanting to join our team and, and he had very strong opinions as to, you know, wanting to build a, a great franchisor system where we put all the, the resources in place ahead of time. And so, you know, we spent uh, tremendous uh, effort, money uh, to hire a team here before we'd sold our first franchise. And uh, we wanted franchisee number one to have the same support uh, that franchisee 100 would. And uh, we built a team, gosh, we had a team of 30 three people in our office with five corporate stores and not a single franchise restaurant Wow! Um, getting ready to franchise. Now we're over 40 in our office and uh, we send out, you know, 16, 17 people to open up each restaurant for there a couple weeks. I mean, we do it the right way and, and have the people here so that you know, our franchisees hopefully can be successful or we can at least provide the support they need. Well, I like hearing that because, you know, so often uh, franchises and franchisors are in the position where, they have to add to their team as they grow. But as we all know, it's not that easy sometimes. I mean, you can't just all of a sudden go, okay, now I've hit 10 stores. I need to add four more people and go find them in a day. I mean, to find good quality people takes time to make sure that they're going to work well with your team, make sure that they understand it, make sure that they've got a good background. And so it's certainly optimal if you can be in the position of building out your team a little bit to sustain that growth ahead of time. Yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, I, I couldn't think, I don't think we could have done it any better than we did, honestly, just hiring these people way in advance. You know, culture is huge here and making sure they were the right culture fit. They understood their role uh, and, and uh, had time to really get to know our brand and our systems before they had to be deployed into their actual roles. Where right now I've got regional operations managers hired to 
that would cover us at 60 locations, but I don't need them yet. But I'm, they're helping open restaurants or doing all kinds of other things because I want to make sure they're a good culture fit. They really understand our brand. So when they're deployed and they have their 10 locations, so they each only have 10 stores, uh, they, they know the walk-ons way. They speak our language. Uh, we're on the same page. Uh, really is just a great thing, great luxury, because <laughs> I don't know that many owners would uh, sit back and say, hey, you can have that high level of GNA because we know it's going to pay off down the road. And, and the ownership here is 100% on board with that. Oh, that's great. Well, in our last remaining couple of minutes, I'd love for you to talk about, I mean, I know that, it, you know, from interviewing you, it sounds like there's obviously a focus on culture and there's a way in which walk-ons, you know, treats its people and likes to grow its business. But day in and day out, when you're looking at, you know, it's a, it's a sports bar with good food, I'm sure tons of TVs and, and, and so forth. But what is, what are some other differentiators from other sports bars around? And then also uh, as a final question, where are you guys, I know you've got a hundred locations in development, um, but are you guys looking to go across the, across the U S are you just focusing on the South uh, for right now? So those two final questions. Sure. So uh, what sets us apart is we're, we are a sports bar, but I would say we're a restaurant first. We're a restaurant that has a sports bar, not a sports bar that serves food. So today we absolutely hang our hat on the fact that we operate scratch kitchens. We, you know, cut fish, fresh fish, chicken, steaks, peel shrimp in our, in our kitchens. Nothing's pre-breaded before it goes into a fryer. Our food is amazing. And so that's one point. It's game day with a taste of Louisiana, where I think Louisiana is one of those states that, you know, if you think about Louisiana, what, what comes to mind? You know, Mardi Gras, great food, chef. So you think of good times, good food. In our environment, we think that just is a good tie-in. Um, and then just that that all-American team, the walk-ons mentality. I think all these things kind of translate from the guest experience. Um, from a growth standpoint, uh, yeah, we're, our, our growth pattern right now, we've tried to stay within our supply chain. We don't want to jump and open you know, one restaurant in Seattle or one restaurant in Boston. We're trying to grow kind of in a circle out from our center in the, in the, the Gulf South. But uh, I absolutely see it's across you know, all 48 continental U.S. states here in the next four or five years. I can see us doing some international opportunities. We have done some deals uh, with military bases where we'll hopefully grow on those bases worldwide. And, and just looking at opportunities to continue to grow where it makes sense, you know, and key thing with the right franchise partners. Well, you can learn more about Walk-Ons Bistro and Bar at walkons.com, and that's walk-ons.com or at walk-ons.com forward slash franchising. Thank you, Scott, for coming on. I think this has been a great segment with you, and I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm glad that we stuck with it. The third time was a charm. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to tell our Walk-Ons story. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. 
you will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria. And then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.